You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our guest speaker. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Praise God. You know, anytime it's kind of it's kind of interesting because we've stepped out and, and uh, to do things a few times this year, and each time Satan just tries to mess with you. You know, last week, uh, one of my really close friends flipped his motorcycle right before service, so I was dealing with that, um, you know, and I believe that was an attack on his life, but the timing was just worked, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then right after that, that was that, was that Wednesday, right? Then Thursday, little, my little daughter falls off the couch, and so we've been dealing with that. Today, we finally figured out what was what was going on but they literally just got home i just checked the gps and texted my wife so we, you know and then i could keep going on with all kinds of little things so i really want you guys to just hook up with me and pull this uh this evening you know what i mean because there's just been <clears throat> there's nothing more that satan wants than the to, to to derail <clears throat> the messenger so to speak and it's just been one constant fight after another um especially when you're dealing with spiritual warfare and you're taking ground because he's cool with you and I being um, lazy. We're going to be lazy in our faith. He's like, that's cool. If you just want, if, as long as you just go to church, you know what I mean? Well, you know, you're starting to listen. Okay, well, maybe let's just see. You know, it depends on what you're listening to and how you act. You know, <clears throat> and that's one of the, the biggest uh, aspects of, of everything that, that in Christianity, you know, I mean, that, people can go to church forever and never have an issue. Because they don't ever act on anything that they hear. The Bible says, don't be a, a hearer only, but be a doer of the word. You know what I mean? And this kind of goes in <clears throat> along the lines. Of, the Lord, uh, <clears throat> we're going to do it a little different this week just because the Lord instructed me to. We're not going to do the whole Greek. We're going to kind of do a little Bible study style uh, a message because the, the topic that was on the list that was given there <clears throat> is basically generational patterns of sin. All right, so generational patterns of sin. And so the Lord started quickening some things to me about, about that um, <clears throat> because the first thing that comes to mind when, you, when I read that was the scripture in, in John chapter nine, verses one through five. And if it wasn't in here, then it wouldn't, then it, it wouldn't be a question, okay? But it's, it's literally an account that the, that the apostles were asking Christ before they were apostles. But they said in uh, verse one, he says, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So that's an interesting question, correct? Because Jesus didn't tell him you're stupid. He didn't say this, 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 there's no way this could be a result of their parents. There's some generational things that you and I have to take authority over in our lives. There's things that we've just, that, that, that grandparents let slide, parents let slide, and we may have been letting slide up until now. You know, uh, he, Jesus answered and says, neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And so we understand that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one shall enter the kingdom of heaven except through him. But also, it says in John chapter 15, it says, anything the Father God is, is telling you and I, he says, anything you ask me in my son's name, I will surely do it for you. 
And that's the biggest thing is, is what did Christ come? He said, I came to set the captives free. You know what I mean? The number one thing, he's setting us free from ourselves. You know, through this, you know, now I went through different Greek studies, different things, and the Lord was just, you know, running me through a bunch of different stuff. And when he, as he was speaking to me, all right, he kind of just quickened this whole thing to me, just like, uh, you know, righteousness is, a, is learned behaviors. We have to approach the word of God and let it change us, mold us to become the person that, we, that God wants us to be. But as a child, the Lord showed me too. He said, you know, sin is actually a learned behavior. Now we understand that foolishness is wrought up in the heart of a child and the rod of correction will drive it far from him. You know, they, 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 they start. But having small children, like Pastor Mark kind of disclosed in, in, to trying to help me with you guys last week is that I got six kids. So when they... <laughs> When they first start lying, it's like the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen in your life. You're like, why? No, we're not, you know, we're not talking about bananas. Like, why did you do this? And then it comes out, you know, I don't know, right? But it's always, you just know. Now, now if they have older siblings, because, you know, <laughs> they learn how to do it very well faster. You know what I mean? And then as they watch, you know, as they watch myself or with, or you, they, you, sometimes, you know, it's not fun watching yourself. You know what I mean? The way that you respond to things, the way that you do different things, you have to repent even to your kids. You know, I've, I've asked my kids to forgive me often, you know, cause my initial response might not be the best response, you know, and that's just the, the, the facts of life. But I want to make sure that, that we're raising them up godly cause I don't want to pass, um, you know, and, and, and no, no, I'm not throwing shade on Pastor Mark or anything because I had phenomenal parents, but I noticed that there's certain things that I respond the same way they do, and, it's, and I don't like it. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like the way, I don't like the outcome. You know what I mean? And I remember when I was a child, like, you know, I don't, this may not be the most effective way. You know what I mean? And uh, you're like, what is that? I'm just getting annoyed and, and yelling or doing something. You know what I mean? It's just one of those, one of those <laughs> things to where, if I tell you my situation, it doesn't matter. All you're going to do is judge it. Why don't you look inward and judge yourself? Okay, that'll work better for us <laughs> right now, tonight, at this moment. You know what I mean? You think about what, what I just said, but you seeing your, your parents in you and how you've dealt with your children, you know. Um, because the biggest thing is, too, that with that whole sin is a learned behavior, with, with the children of Israel, uh, it kept them in a wilderness experience and, 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 and here's my scriptural support is Numbers chapter 32, 13. He wanted me to just kind of read this to you guys. In, in Numbers chapter 32, verse 13, it says this. It says, so the Lord's anger was aroused against Israel and he made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was gone. So there's generational things, and if you go through the Word of God, then we don't have time. But there's, there's, there's generational deals where, where it'll last a generation, and then it'll actually transfer to another generation if it's not dealt with. You know, uh, Joshua had a different, in, in, the, in that whole story, Joshua had a different outlook and a different attitude, but Joshua was also super young, according to the Scripture, so he wasn't a part of that generation. The only person I believe that, that, that was was Caleb, and he, because he sided with Joshua, 
you know, that's why it was such an amazing thing when he said, give me my mountain, because here was this old man saying, I'm going to go whoop some giants. That's my, that's my property. God said it's my property, period, end of sentence. You know what I mean? But it's going to be by my hand. And, I, you know, it's an, um, there's some really cool stories like that in the word of God when you, when you, when you look at it. But from that, when he said, you know, I'm looking at it, he says, well, the generation, well, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to carry a generational curse, especially one that was given by God the Father. Because most, gen- when you get saved, it says that the power, the blood of Christ has been applied to your life. You know, and though your sins were as scarlet, you are now white as snow. There's also some different things that happen. It's supernaturally, the power of Satan gets broken over your life. Now, here's the thing, though is that you don't realize it. So he's still there messing with you in a lot of different areas. Okay? And that's, that's one of the biggest uh, factors of it. And I don't really want to meddle because, you know, sin, sin is different. And this is kind of weird. I mean, there is some absolutes. There's some like, no, there's sin is sin. Yes, sin, there is some sin is sin, period, things. But then there's other things that, you know, people disagree on majorly. You know what I mean? We could talk about tobacco, talk about alcohol. We could talk about, you know, where different people deal with it differently. Why? Because God's dealing with each and every one of us differently on those subjects. If you, you know what I mean? Some, some of us come from uh, uh, f- families that have alcoholism. That, that's a generational curse. And part of you breaking that generational curse is you not subsiding into that, not giving over to that. Because there is, it's funny, now I'm not saying that everybody has a demon or everybody has it, but there is a lot of these things are, are uh, instigated by demonic influence. Because anything that's taking life from you, okay, Satan's, he says that Satan's going around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. How are you going to let me get ground in your life? How much property are you going to give me? Okay? How much space am I going to get to rent for free? That's the biggest thing. Because any area where you have fear is where Satan has <clears throat> rental space. That's why God says, when you have anxiety, he says, cast it off. He says, bring everything to me through prayer and fasting, prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known unto God. It's, it's, it's being, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's an easy thing, but that's why it's important. That's why God has given us worship music. That's why God has given us, why? So we can change the environment that we're in. Because he says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. All right, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And that's the biggest thing. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it's us getting, you know, and then there's a thing, there's, a, there's kind of a lost art, and I don't know if it's taught a lot or not, but, and I know this church, we, we reference it and we do teach it at times, but there's a literal thing called prevailing prayer to peace. Meaning, you stay in your prayer closet and you pray until the peace of God overcomes you. You know that God is involved you know what I mean? And the, and the thing is, it's, it's kind of like, you know, your, your war room, so to speak. You literally, and, if you, and whenever you leave and you're going through your day-to-day, and, and if you begin anxious again about that thing, what do you do? You're going to go back. You're going to talk to the Lord about it again. You're going to get that prevailing prayer to peace. You're going to walk in the peace of God. Because where the peace of God is, there's going to be understanding. Okay. Because we read, and I'm just preaching to you tonight, because I, I, if I went through all the scriptures, um, It'll take too long. Okay, but check this out. 
when the prophet of God in the Old Testament, this is where you get to go do your homework and, and, and say, what are these stories that he's talking about and where is all this at? Okay, that, that's the fun part for you. It's hide and seek. We'll play a game. Okay, I'll preach and then later this week you can do hide and seek with your Bible. Okay, because what I'm saying is truth. Okay, so there's a prophet in, 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 in the scripture that uh, was hiding in the cleft of the rock. Okay, and he said an earthquake came. God was not in it. And uh, a tornado came. God was not in it. A fire came. God was not in it. Something else came and God wasn't in it. And he's like, okay, what's going on? He said, a still small voice came. And that's when he responded. It's that still small voice. Well, if you and I are in such alarm, why does, why does Satan try to do the pile on effect? Have you ever noticed that? People say that bad things come in threes. It seems like sometimes it's 93s between you and I. <laughs> You know, but uh, why is that? Because he wants to get you so overwhelmed that there is no peace. There is no way because everything is screaming at you. Every, every way that you turn, you got another problem that's screaming at you. So there's no way you can hear a still small voice. That's why it's important, like I said, prevailing prayer to peace, breaking the power that Satan has on you. Because it's, you know, we know that Satan's battlefield is the mind. Anytime that we live inward, it says the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. So when you're led by the spirit of God and the Holy Spirit brings a scripture back through your spirit, the fun thing about that is that sometimes whenever I, when I, when I regurgitate a scripture from my spirit, I get my mind myself gets amazed and gets blessed. It releases, it breaks the power that Satan's trying to mess with me, the the anxiety and the stress and everything else. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, that's really good. You're like, you're talking to yourself. Yeah, well, it's not really. It's the the spirit of God speaking to my spirit, my spirit educating me. That's why, you know, when I'm talking about prevailing prayer to peace too, when I mean, it's, it's, it's extensive times for me, it's extensive times of praying in the Holy Ghost in other tongues. Says so that my my I don't know what I'm saying, but my spirit prays by His spirit. You know, it's His spirit praying through me, and that's the biggest thing. The funny, the fun part about that is, is when I get to that point to where the peace of God and the anointing hits. Usually, is when is when the prophetic time happens, and that that'll happen for each and every one of you. And what are you talking about? That's when you have. That's why we say read with a prayer, pray with a prayer journal. Because all of a sudden, when you're in those times where you're just sitting there and it's just dead quiet and you get over the uncomfortableness and you just stay focused on God, all of a sudden he'll start speaking to you and you'll know he's speaking to you because he starts speaking, he starts bringing things back that you've already hid in you. Some things that you didn't even realize because you just read the word of God because you like it, you know, because it's, you know, it's, a, it's a good thing. And you'll start bringing things back to your remembrance. You'll be writing things down. He'll instigate you to go back to look into the word of God because anything contrary to the word of God is satanic. God only, this is, it says that, uh, you know, my kids know my voice. How do I know his voice? I know his voice because everything he tells me lines up with this. He leads and guides me according to the scripture. Okay, that's the biggest aspect of it. And if you want heaven on earth, then you do it according to the word of God. There is no greater revelation. There is nothing that can be added to. All right, I mean, if you look in the book of Revelation, it says anybody that takes away, adds to or takes away, will be damned. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, so it's a very holy book. 
And, and that's one of the things too. And the other thing is, is that I don't know about you, but I want to know what the voice of God is. That's why I study it. I don't study it because I want to be a good preacher or a good minister. Or anything. I, I, the reason I study it is because I want to know the heart of God. I want to know the voice of God. I want to know what God, you know what I mean? Like, what do you want to do on the earth? Because of, you know, here I am, Lord, send me. That's the biggest thing, right? Um, let's, um, sorry, I'm kind of jumping around preaching, but going back to when I, when I basically made reference to the fact that, you know, sin is a learned behavior, just like righteousness is a, is a learned behavior. And if, and if we, if we stay in sin, it causes us to have wilderness experiences. It causes us to have these, you know, these times where I just don't understand what's going on. I just don't know what's going on. I don't know why it seems like my prayers aren't getting answered. I don't know why it doesn't seem like God's just not speaking to me. I don't know why, you know, a lot of those, because God's perfect. He says, let God be true and every man be a liar. So it seems, where, where did I miss it? Where am I, where, why am I not in alignment? It's always going to be you and I. Making sure that we're in alignment. You know, because, I mean, what's, the scripture says this, right? Obedience is greater than sacrifice. God doesn't care what you sacrificed. If you're in disobedience. <clears throat> Let me just, I just feel impressed to say this because, you know, Satan likes to affect you mainly in, in, in three main areas where he, he, does, <clears throat> he does your marriage, your finances, and your kids. Those are the three favorites. Usually when you have those three components, especially. All right. <clears throat> so let's just pick finances because I like to pick on that one. Okay. If you don't tithe, and you say, well, God, it's a big sacrifice for me to give $500 to this, to this growth fund or to this thing. It's a sacrifice. God's like, good, that's fine, awesome, thank you. That was nice. And you're like, well, why isn't my situation changing? Because you're in disobedience. You don't honor me with your first fruits. Amen. You don't believe that I am the Lord God, your provider. And if I'm not the Lord God, your provider, then I can't move on the behalf. I can't usher that favor for you in your workplace. You can't pray the way that I pray, where I say, Lord, I have favor with my, with my boss and with my, with my coworkers. Thank you, Father. I have favor with God and with man, is what the scripture says. So I pray that. I have, you know what I mean? Come on. And that goes all the way down. Because when you're a tither, God will also give you an opportunity to give. And when you're a tither and a giver, you know, you think that it's just kind of like, oh, it's lucky or different things like, and, and you just have, but no, you operate in the favor of God. One of those things where the favor of God is you're like, you know, you're at Costco and they're like, hey, you got your coupons? No, I, I didn't, I forgot my coupons. It's okay. It's okay. And you saved me some money. That's the favor of God. You know what I mean? There's some different, different things like that, that just when you're operating. All right. So. Getting back kind of on track here, sorry, but when we're talking about generational, right, generational sins, I want to, the Lord took me to Ezekiel chapter 18, and this is kind of where he wanted uh, uh, me to camp for a split second. Not that one, the black one. Oh, I love this Bible. It's called the Preacher's Bible, and the only difference is between yours and mine is I got three bookmarks, but <laughs> apparently I'm only supposed to use three scriptures, so I got a dollar bill in here, too, so, but, <laughs> you know, that's, I like to use those the dollar bills, that way they're, uh, scripture's more important to me than money, but uh, actually I found that those are just the best bookmarks. They're super thin, and they stay, <laughs> I find it, but uh, anyways, in Ezekiel chapter 18, I'm going to start at verse 19 because from, from one all the way through to 18, you know, they're talking about how nasty the family is. You know, 
how terrible of a situation that you come from. All right, he's saying, well, you know, your, dad's a, your dad was a thief. Your dad was, you know, a murderer. Your dad was this. Your brother did the same thing. Your, dad's, your brother's a thief. Your brother's a murderer. And so what they're saying is, is that, hey, all of these sins should be held onto all the children. Like the children, the, and that's in verse 19, he says that. He says, yet you say, why should the son not bear the guilt of the father? All right? There was a lot of things, you know, you're, it says, in the Bible, it says, a good name is rather than chosen than great riches. In the Old Testament, you weren't even a man if not until you had a son. Like, I mean, girls didn't count. I had no heir. I had no, you know what I mean? It was, I mean, it was, it was very, very unique. All right? It was, and you, don't, you can get mad at me if you want. I'm talking to you just about the way things were. Okay? And, uh, <clears throat> and things, everything happened generationally. When people would sin, okay, in the camp, Whenever they all came out of, of, of uh, Egypt, and next, one, dude, one dude hid some, hid some idols in his camp, one guy. And they said, cool. And God, God exposed them, and they said, hey, check it out. Him and every single person related to him died. Noah was the only righteous man on the face of the earth, so God had mercy and let his unrighteous sons go the way you live your life affects the ones beneath you you can either transfer curse or you can break curse okay it says this he says because he answers the question why should the son not bear the guilt of the father? It says, because the son has done what is lawful and right and has kept all my statutes and observed them, he shall surely live. And that's the fun part. Right here in the very first scripture, we're going to keep going, but in the very first scripture, he, taught, he shows you that you can break the power of the enemy through your obedience to God. Doesn't matter what family you come from. Doesn't matter what, what you know, gener- the, the generational curses can literally stop with you. All right? Literally stop with you. <clears throat> 20 says, the soul, the soul who sins shall die. That's interesting, right? Because that's the mind, the will, and the emotions. He says, the soul. So he means you're literally going to die. He says, the son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteous of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. And you've got to understand that these are the prophets. These are prophecies that are written down too. So they're, they're also trans... Uh, <clears throat> Lord, help me. So basically, whenever they're prophesying, they're, they reveal Christ. Okay? And uh, I just forgot the fancy word, so forgive me, but the, the type and shadow type thing. Okay, so everything that we're reading here is a lot of it has, it has to do with he's prophesying about what's going to happen because of the new birth. Because without Christ, if Christ had never come, then there would be no remission of sins. You would be bound by that. You would be, you know, there's just, I mean, we, we would be hopeless, literally. All right, verse 21, it says, if a wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed, keeps all my statutes and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live and he shall not die. None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him because of the righteousness which he has done. He shall live. So we understand, I mean, I I guess 
the Lord just kind of brought this up. But if we look at uh, Elvis, for whatever reason, that's, who he, that's what I remind me of, okay? He died at whatever age, if it was like 52 or, so, or whatever. How, I don't remember what, he, what age he died at, but I remember he prophesied it consistently because I believe he said that's the age that his mother died, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, or his father. It's one of the two, not you. I know I'm looking at a teenager, and he's like, I don't have an... I said, I don't, yeah, so I apologize. But... Um, but there's been multiple people that we've, that we've seen in history and different things that, that prophesy their death because they say, well, that, I'm going to die the exact same time as, as my parents. Or, or, and then also, we've met people in our lives, and we've also seen people uh, that talk about, well, I'm, I, you know, my grandfather had this, my dad has this, I have this, my kids are going to have this. I hate that when I hear that. My kids are going to have that. This is a hereditary degenerative disease, that it, that it, but it's hereditary. With the power of, you know, the power and life in Christ Jesus sets you free from the law and sin and death. There's no need for us to transfer any more hereditary negativity to anybody beneath us. You got to take a stand. You literally got to take a stand. You know, I mean, there's one of the things that, that we don't realize, and I believe, I mean, I, I've seen some women that are really angry and, and deal with and have angry, but men seem to be more exposed. We, we seem to be more, you just notice it more, right? <clears throat> and you notice, you know, I remember my, uh, whether they realized it or not at the time, but there's certain things, certain aspects that, that, that I deal with that I constantly have to pray about. And my mom and different people would, would, would constantly reference me to my grandfather, like, you're just like him. You're just like Jay. You're just like Jay, you know? I didn't spend much time with my grandparents, with my grandfathers, like at all. So for me to be like them means that there was something there that was transferred. And it was in the, it was in the context of negative, okay? It wasn't like, oh, you're an awesome entrepreneur like your grandfather. No. <laughs> you know, you learned how to sell gum at 15. No, no, it wasn't like that. It was, you know... You bought your own car. No, it was, it was, in, it was in a negative context is what I'm saying. And so th- things like that <clears throat> is where if we have, because of the righteous living, we shall live. We can turn the, turntile, the turntables, basically. We can change the tide. And we got to look at it because it's some of these little things that we don't think like that, like a spirit of anger. anger. You know, anointings, here's one of the biggest things that, that each and every one of us don't realize, and, and, some, and sometimes they teach it. They taught me this <clears throat> as a young minister uh, because of our camps. We kind of understand this statement. But and if you look at everybody, <clears throat> it makes sense. Anointings are caught, not taught. So, the, so the, the ministers that God has put you put in your life, especially if you have a call of God on your life, you will minister similar to them. Because it's a similar, it's the same anointing. <clears throat> it's the same Holy Ghost. All right? Everybody has different gifts, different callings. And that's why usually you gravitate towards those in whom you have similar giftings and similar callings. Because why? So <clears throat> when I say that, that the same thing, that it's the same anointings can be caught, <clears throat> the same curses you know what I mean? I mean, uh, I remember my mom always, her, like, her what? Her, one of her favorite scriptures, not really her favorite scriptures, I'm just saying, she, quoting it to us, was, uh, 
why would I go blank right this second? It says, uh, it's, it's the one that talks about uh, bad communication corrupts good manners or good character. <clears throat> Meaning, don't hang out with those kids. Because every time you hang out with those kids, you come home, you have an attitude, and you get a spanking. Do you see how this is working out? <clears throat> like, yeah, I do. I don't need to hang out with those kids no more. After a few whippings, I don't, you know, <laughs> I understand how, how, how the progression is working. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, <clears throat> and that's literally how, it's, how it was. What? I would catch their negative attitudes. And this is the one thing I don't want to, you know, we don't want to be goofy and running around and saying that everything is a spirit, okay? But we do have to not be stupid and understand that God is a spirit and God spoke and things existed. Everything, you and I, God made Adam out of mud and then he breathed his life into him. He breathed his spirit into them, into him. So without the spirit of God, without the breath of life, you and I ain't alive either. So the spirit of God, the, 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 the supernatural is actually more real than the natural. The natural lines up with whatever's going on in the, in the spiritual. That's why, you, you know, you, ha- you start seeing breakthroughs when you start praying a lot. When you start coasting, you start wondering what's going on in life. You know, there was times as a pastor where all of a sudden I I would wonder, why, why do I feel so dry? Why do I feel so this and that? And the Lord would just convict me and he'd say, because you only read your Bible for others. You read your Bible every day, but it's always for somebody else. When are we going to talk? And I believe it's, you know, especially, you know, it's the same for not just ministers, but some of us. I mean, like, you know, we, if every time you're reading your word, you're like, oh, that's good. I need to text that to so-and-so. Oh, that's good. I need to text that to so-and-so. Oh, that's going to set them free because they were talking to me. Oh, yep, yep, yep. You know what I mean? How about, how about a little, uh, God says that he chastens those who he loves. All right. And God's the one that does the chastening, meaning that you don't have no anointing of rebuke. You have no anointing of, of, of you know, calling somebody out on their, on their trash. You know what I mean? The Bible talks about that. It says, hey, who are you to say, hey, you got a speck when I got a log sticking out my, my eyeball. You know what I mean? Like, how can I even see what you got going on in there? <laughs> you know, I've learned a long time ago that it's better for me not to judge, just to understand that there's some, there's some phenomenal scriptures. One is, you only know in part and see through a glass dimly, which means I don't really know what's going on in your life. So how am I really going to adequately judge it? Because even if I'm close to you, I still don't know everything. And I just have to trust this. The Bible says this, let each one work out his own salvation with fear and trembling. So I trust that you are working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know what I mean? And that, and that you know, because honestly, the way you live your life, if I judged it, and I, if I tried to live your life, then I would probably be in sin. And if you tried to live my life, there'd be areas where you're like, well, I'm, I'm, it's sin. Because God deals with each and every one of us differently. That's the funny, the crazy thing about strongholds is something that's not, something that doesn't affect me. You could come and be like, well, brother, I just don't know how you, how you can do that. I just don't know how you can live like that. I don't know how you can say that. Or I don't know how you can, you know, that's just straight up sin. And I'm like, well, my heart doesn't convict me on that. It's something, you know, and I'm open. I'm not a closed 
You know, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I'm not like, hey, God, let's only talk about this portion of my life. Like, no, 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 mold me, change me. I want to be made into the image of Christ. You know what I mean? Like, it's an open book, meaning, come on, you know, correct me as much as I need corrected, please. But if I don't have, and if there's certain things that just, but it may be a, a really, really bad thing for you. You know? And I, and if, as far as, um, let's, let, uh, I don't know if I'm going to open up the can of worms or not, but, you know, <laughs> let me, uh, yeah, amen. Let's just get back to looking at this, do this real quick. <laughs> you know, um, let me, let me, I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of cut that short and, and, cause I wanted to go through this, but we're, we're pretty much out of time, which is kind of frustrating, but, um, <clears throat> You know, at the end of this, at the end of this passage, I wanted to go through and talk about a few more points. But at the end, when he talks about in verse 29, where he says, yet the house of Israel says the way of the Lord is not fair. I don't know about you, but I hate that word. Fair is a utopia. It's, a, it's the same word as utopia. It don't exist. You ain't never going to find fair. You know what I mean? Fair is, is, is what you negotiate in life and what you get out of it. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's fair. Now, there's, when you, when you, a lot of times, when you, and I'm going to just preach again here real quick, but there's a lot of things that's going on in your life that the scripture that says it ought not be. Now, that's, woo, that's a random word from God. It ought not be. You need to take authority over that. You need to pray about it. You need to ask God that you need to repent and change some things, whether it's your finances, whether, the, you know, it's healing or, or somebody's coming against your kids or whatever. You just, this ought not be. You're right. Let's, let's, let's pray about it. Let's get a word from God and let's decree and declare that word from God and let's watch it perform and, and, and not return unto him void whereunto he sends it. All right, I'm gonna prophesy some things over my kids. I'm gonna prophesy some things over my family. I'm gonna prophesy some things over my situations and I'm gonna watch God move in my life. All right, because it ought not be. But if we say, well, it's not fair. Explain the definition of fair. I, there's no, there's really no, you know what I mean? O house of Israel, it is, it is not my ways which are fair and your ways which are not fair. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord God. That's interesting. Because <clears throat> a lot of people tell me it doesn't matter. You know, well, God knows my heart. He says, according to your ways, the way you respond with the information that you know. Repent and turn from all your transgressions and so that iniquity will not be your ruin. That's the biggest thing is living a repentive heart. Always being quick to repent anytime that we mess up. Cast away from all, cast away from you all the transgressions for which you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord. Therefore, turn and live. And of course, when he talks about that new heart and that new spirit, that's Romans 10, 9, and 10. It's when you actually become part of the, of, of the community of Christ, the family of Christ. You know, like I said, my time is kind of up. I wanted to take you guys to Romans chapter 5. So let me just see if something jumps out here real quick. Because we were going we to basically start in the middle of 5 and go through 6, because 6 is where it's really at. Um, and maybe I'll just have to... <clears throat> You know, <clears throat> wait till next time. But uh, 
And that's just, I guess, you know, and that's, I'm, I think I'm just going to kind of, kind of pause here. One of the biggest things is I know it was kind of interestingly brought out, but, but the biggest aspect of, of, of kind of what I wanted to share tonight in this context is that through your obedience to the word of God, you can change not only the course of your life, but the course of those that are coming up behind, beneath you, behind you. You know, because some, you don't just have natural sons and daughters. You have young men and young women that are constantly coming around you, that, and you have spiritual sons and daughters. You know what I mean? Especially if you were lucky enough to have, or if you do right now, have one of those homes where your kids want to be at your house and all of their friends want to be at your house too. Because there's something they see on the inside of, of you. They, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, my friends would want to come to my house. I hated it. I hated it that they liked my parents better than their parents because I liked their parents better because there was no rules at their house. But, um, <clears throat> you know, but the point, the point being is just, it's one of those things to where you're affecting these individuals <clears throat> for future generations, you know what I mean? It would, never, it would never fail that my mom would pin, eventually, eventually would pin my friends into a corner about Jesus. It was just a matter of time. You know what I mean? And she was real sly with it. You know, the Holy Ghost used her and worked. worked. I, could never, I could never cut it off. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was going to get weird eventually, you know? And I was either going to gain a friend or lose one. You know what I mean? Gain a church buddy or not, you know? <laughs> I was just always, always afraid of it, you know? But at the same, and that's, that's, this was just a round robin. And I don't know if I need to apologize or just thank you guys for letting me bear my heart because, uh, and we'll, <laughs> yeah, you know, praise God. I'm not, that's not really what I'm looking for, but I appreciate it. The, the, the point, I mean, let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this, this opportunity to, to, to gather together in your name. And I just thank you, Father, that, that I know that, through the foolishness of preaching, you convict men's hearts into repentance, Father. And I just thank you, Father, that that's basically what I did tonight, Lord, is that I just just kind of shared with them some things that was on my heart that you had laid on my heart. And we just basically had a, had a wonderful talk around the word of God. And I thank you, Father, that, that the word of God is, is literally the living word. <clears throat> and it's the only thing that, that one can live on, Father. That it's, it's, it's literally what changes our lives so that we can actually go from glory to glory and from faith to faith. If we're not living what we would consider heaven on earth, <coughs> meaning that you know, our marriages are, are, are not where we would like them to be, Father, that we're not the, the father or the mother that we feel like we could be or should be. Father, I, I know, Father, that you said that through the washing of the water of the words, you're renewing the mind. You said if we renew our mind by the washing of the water of the word, that you'll lead and guide us into all truth, Father, so that you can change us and mold us to become the person that we desire to be, the person that has more patience, the person that has more understanding, more forgiveness. Father, because of what? Those, these are all fruits of the spirit, Father, the things that, that, that are byproducts of a healthy life with you. And I just want to, under the, everyone that's here, Father, under the sound of my breath, I want to just, through this, this prayer, 
Father, I just wanna pray for them that they get a hunger for the things of God and hunger for the word of God, Father. Because you know, Father, that, 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 that the word of God is just like, it's food to our spirit, like natural food is to our bodies, Father. So if our spirit man is weak, then we know that the Satan can prey on us very easily. But if our spirit man is strong and full of the word of God, then we can be just like Christ. And we can rebuke him with the word of God when he comes to tempt us, Father. For temptation is going to come to every single one of us, but I'm reminded by your scripture, Father, that you said that when temptation comes, nothing has overtaken you except for that which is common to man. And when the temptation is too much to bear, you will provide a way out. And so I just thank you, Father, for that way out for each and every one of us, Father. For I know that there's some people in this room that are dealing with some things, Father. They're contemplating some serious life changes because of some negative thinking, because of some negative uh, <clears throat> just influences that have been in their lives. And I thank you, Father, that you just reveal to them and show them the ignorance of their friends, show them the ignorance of these individuals that are trying to, to, to encourage them to do something that's going to be catastrophic in their life. And I thank you, Father, that <clears throat> you just help them to see and to know that you are true. Father, especially with marriages, that's where, where what I feel right in my heart, Father, that we just, I thank you, Father, that every single marriage that's in this room, Father, you know that you told us that a three-strand cord is not easily broken. And the three-strand cord is a husband, a wife, and God the Father, Almighty God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but the three in one, Father, that if we have you, if we have you in our relationship, that we know that we will not dishonor the other individual Father. Therefore, our, our union will stay strong and healthy, and you will teach us how to love them, and, and you will also teach them to love us the way that we need to be loved, Father, so that we can have years upon years of just natural uh, bliss is what it is, Father, to have a, have a great marriage, not just a good one, Father, but to have a great loving relationship with one another. And I thank you, Father, for that. I give you glory. I thank you, Father, that any mother in this room or any father that's stressed out, Father, right now with their children and just getting a little overwhelmed, <clears throat> Father, I just ask that you give them, patience. give them patience. Give them understanding, Father. Help us to understand how to, you told us to dwell well with our wives, but also, Father, I'm asking you to help us to dwell well with our children, Father. Help us to understand them. Help us to see how to bring the best out of them. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I just ask this, Father, right now. I thank you, Father, that also there's individuals in this room that have, that have things to give. And I thank you, Father, that you help them to see the different opportunities that they have, that they don't have any missed divine appointments. Because I believe there's a lot of divine appointments, meaning that there's every time we go to Walmart, we go to Target, we go out to these different uh, you know, establishments, Father, that there's individuals that we are supposed to minister to. And I know this, Father, there's a, you know, it says that the older ladies to, to, are supposed to mentor the young ladies. And so I thank you, Father, that when they go and they go out and they see a young mother that's just kind of struggling, Father, that you give them the courage and the boldness and the wisdom and the understanding to go and to pray with them. Father, especially right now, I'm going into the holiday season. The holiday season is supposed to bring out uh, uh, kindness and love and, and put us... In, 
our focus back on Christ. But Father, we know that that's not what the world has perverted it to. So we know that everybody's going to be stressed out, angry, upset, and wanting to fight. And I just thank you, Father, that you help us put us in situations to diffuse those situations and bring peace to every single place that we find ourselves in, Father. Because it says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And help us to deliver that liberty to people in intentionally and deliberately through prayer. Father, help us to become bold and step out and ask them, hey, I see that you're stressing out. Is there anything I can, <clears throat> can I just pray for you right now, Father? Let's just bring some peace to each and every situation that we come in contact with. And I thank you, Father, for that, for that divine protection and that also, that, again, just those divine appointments because they're increasing every single day for each and every one of us. Father, we're finding ourselves around individuals that need to hear that God is great, that hear that God is good, that his, that his mercy, for the Lord, he is good and his mercy endures forever. And I thank you, Father, for that, for the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen, amen. and amen. <clears throat> if there's anybody in this room that you say, hey, I don't know Jesus. I've never, I've never accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I've never said a prayer like that. I've never asked Jesus to come and live on the inside of me, to live in my heart, to change me, to mold me, to become a new person. I've never, I've never experienced forgiveness of sins. I thought it was just going to church. I thought that just made me a good person or that, that, that's just kind of the, the, the whole point. Like I, would just, I go to church and then I'm good enough to go to heaven. That's not the point. That's not, that, that, that's not the system. God says, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. <clears throat> no one can get to heaven except through him. All right? Literally, you have to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins, <clears throat> that he rose again, that he's seated at the right hand of, of God the Father Almighty. Believing it's only the first part. Confessing it with your mouth out loud and openly is the second part that solidifies it. He says, that's when salvation happens. And then I want you to know this part. He says, anybody that denies me before men, I will deny before my father. So anybody that acknowledges me before men, I'll acknowledge him before my father. So I need to ask this question. Is there anybody in this room that needs to say that prayer or needs to acknowledge the fact that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior tonight? And to be set free from different things because the biggest thing is, well, what do you mean by set free? You know, it says, we're, it says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> it says old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, which means if I'm constantly bombarded with what I've done in my past, if I'm constantly feeling bad about everything that I've done previously in my life, that's a lie from Satan, and you can be set free from that. The biggest thing is, is saying, hey, I am found in Christ, but you have to know that you know that you know that you actually, that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and if you've actually accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior through that prayer, then, you, then it says that that power, that whole condemnation side of life gets released. Every time you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. So is there anybody here that says, hey, I'd like that. I'd like, to just, I'd like to just be brand new. And I'm not going to take any more time, but I just want to make sure if there's anybody that wants to pray that prayer and have, <clears throat> and have that experience, raise your hand as high as you can so I can, and then I'll stop. All right. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. 
You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon. 